Welcome back to the Ultimate Playlist Podcast. I'm Damon. I'm Brandon. I'm Dietrich. And I'm Taj. Well, this is side A of the record. And what that means is that we're going to talk about a topic that I picked this time. And this topic is, um, yeah, it's it's a fun one, I think. Misunderstood lyrics or songs. And uh, you go back and you're like, Shit, is that what it really meant? <laughs> I thought I, I thought I liked that song. Okay, I still like it, but uh, it means something completely different than what I originally thought. So I'm either a total idiot or the artist <laughs> is, is fucking with me. So, um, yeah, why don't you go ahead and drop that needle, Taj? All right, so uh, one of the... One of the songs I really like, I don't think it's it's necessarily like my my go to um, song, you know, all the time. I like I like this artist, artist Phil Collins. Uh, if you don't know who he is, well, look him up <laughs> because you should know who he is. Uh, he had a he had a song that um, was uh, '80s, I believe. This is '81, and. Um, in the air tonight is the name of the song. So this song's interesting because when I first heard it, I think I saw it on a, it was in a movie. I think it was risky business. Was it risky business? Like Tom yeah. Cruise. He's <laughs> like, Tom Cruise is like a kid, but he's like getting on with like an older chick or something. And I don't know. It's like the, the, the wild fantasy movie where it's like, this shit ain't going to happen. Probably not. I guess it could. It's not as bad as like the Mission Impossible movies. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I, liked, I liked the movie, I guess, when I saw it. I don't know. It was like a long time ago. <laughs> do, you, do you forget the premise of Risky Business? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, yeah. It, it, but. If I, it, isn't that the one where he, like he steals girls? There, he like he he becomes a pimp. <laughs> yeah, he steals yeah. prostitutes. For, <laughs> steals uh, prostitutes. For, yeah, for, he's like yeah. he creates his own empire. But they fall well, yeah, over there. But. Yeah, no, the reason why is because at the end, like the actual pimp comes and be like, "You owe us a double." <laughs> like, and they take like clear out his house. <laughs> yeah, no, that was. That was uh, that was pretty crazy shit. Wasn't that Rebecca DeMornay or what was her name? I uh, think so. I'm not sure what her name was. She was a model, wasn't she? Like in real life. I a lot of actresses and models. Are, yeah. uh, maybe actress first. I don't know. But she could have been a model if she wasn't. Yeah. And so anyway, <laughs> this song was in that movie. That's, that's the first time I heard it. And that's not like representative of the... Like, the, the urban legend that I heard afterwards <laughs> is that uh, there was somebody drowning and then I guess uh, I don't know, it was like Phil Collins was the guy that was, didn't save the person. <laughs> I think that's how it went. But like he's debunked that. You know, it's not it's not real. That was an urban legend. But that that's where he that's really where I kind of thought it I guess I thought it was about something else and I heard it was about that. And then uh, kind of find out it's not about anything that I thought it was uh, about. It's really, I think it's, I'm still not sure what it's about. <laughs> I think there's like too many, there's too many uh, things that it could be about, but I think it's, it's definitely not about somebody drowning or prostitutes being taken away from pimps. And uh, not that that would be what it's about, but yeah. So uh, this is a, uh, this was 1981. Um, Face Value is the name of the album and uh, again in the air tonight I'd uh, like to hear what you guys think I don't know if you heard the urban legend about this one too <laughs> but when I thought when I thought of my theme this is the first song that I thought of uh, talking about because of that so I'll leave, I'll leave some talking points for you guys <laughs> um, what I've heard the song before, for sure. Um, my um, my estranged stepsister uh, used to like Phil Collins, but then she swore that it was bad luck every time she heard him, so she gave away all her Phil Collins albums. 
<laughs> oh yeah. Well, okay. So it is actually a, it's a grief song. So yeah. that maybe fits. <laughs> I don't know. So uh, the the funny thing is the well. I, I'll see if, if somebody else knows, but th- there's, I have a special memory that goes with this song, but I'll, I'll see if somebody else jumps in with that, that memory is, but it, I've heard the song before and I like it. So, yeah. Okay. So it is, it is actually, it's about a divorce. So that's the oh. real true meaning is a, it's, it's like he was going through grief and that's where it sparked. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always thought the song was, was about a personal moment in Phil Collins life. Never heard any other interpretation of the song. Oh, okay. So I've always thought that's what it was about. Um, and then I never put two and two together that had anything to do with, uh, with prostitution because the song came out in, <laughs> the song came out in 81 and Risky Business came out in 83. So there's no way Phil Collins could have wrote the song for Risky for Business. So, um, <laughs> I didn't know so, I yeah, when I was a kid, though. So, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, about prostitutes. I mean, I, I never like I mean, I've watched risky business a lot and uh, and I, I never thought like, oh, yeah, that's what Phil Collins was talking about. <laughs> um, so anyway, I don't know how to misinterpret the song. Uh, never heard that urban legend. And uh, the song really? itself, though. Nope. Never heard it. Of course, I never went. I never went looking for it. Like to me, like I just listened to the song. I'm like, this song's cool, you know. And again, like I'm not always about lyrics, but when that when that drop beats or when that beat drops, man, you know, (laughs) like you know, everyone loves that. Everyone's waiting for that moment. Um, So yeah, Yeah. it's a it's a good song. I I totally dig it. It's definitely one of Phil Collins' best songs, and um, I still enjoy listening to it today. Uh, I do remember it used in Risky Business for sure. Um, but, you know, for me being a movie guy, I never like, I don't associate the song with Risky Business. I just really like the song. Right. So. Cool. Yeah, I'm glad you never heard of the Urban Legend. Someone told me about it. I, I don't mean, at, you know, I wasn't asking for it, but. And yeah, then I was like, no. oh, really? I thought it was real. And then I talked about it to somebody else. They're like, oh, that ain't real. Like, really? And then, you know, I think it was like before everybody was on their phone on Google because we didn't have phones with Google. So it was uh, interesting. Life's interesting without a smart Internet like person to or like a little search bar. So, yeah, I like the feeling of the beginning of the song, too. It's awesome, dude. So here's what I'll kick in. Um, I still don't know the hell of the beginning of the song. Um, not because I'm just for lack. I'm no, I'll just be honest. It's not that I even tried to look up the meaning of the song when I was a kid. I just love the ambient drums. I love his voice on it. I love the whole track within itself. Um, like it literally is one of those, um, like hairs on the back of your neck stand up type tracks that, you know, if you're, if you're, in some kind of ominous situation, this song comes on, you could basically say somebody's either going to die or something really bad is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you better be prepared. But that's what's about that's to kick some ass. Yeah. So that's just the gravity of the song and, and how the actual music actually feels. Like it feels like pressure on you. It's like built for pressure. And whatever mode he was in when you came up with this particular track, you could tell it came out of a dark place. And it was it was one of those moments that few artists are able to get into and get out of and were able to maintain because of it. Um, and I say few artists because, you know, there's been some folks we're not going to name more names. We're not going to go down that path. But once they go down that dark path, they don't turn around from it. They don't know how to come up out of it. They don't see the light. And this this literally has that type of feeling to it. And so for me, I always listen to it, um, especially as a kid, I listened to it and always thought, you know, this is heavy. Um, and of course I attributed it to, what was it? Miami Vice. I believe they used to put a remake of some sort or, or actually around that time when it came out. Um, I also know about risky business. I know that's the train scene. I know that's, 
what everybody is associating with and, and the whole nine. But in all honesty, I thought that song was way too deep for risky business. For it to be around there. You know what I'm saying? So um right. I, I I get what they were doing or trying to do with it, but you know, for me, I still don't understand the full meaning of the song itself. I just know the feeling of it. And when you can get the feeling out of a song without actually knowing all with the song, I mean, that that speaks volumes within itself. And Phil Collins has always been one of my favorite artists. I'm not even going to say musician, but I say artist because that's what he is. Yeah. So flat out. So that's where I'm coming from with it. Hell of a pick, man. Started off. Yeah. Wait, and. <laughs> The music video, I went and watched it for this, and that, like, he's very monotone in his facial expression for the music video. Like, he's very not trying to be emotional on it. But yeah, yeah I can see what you're, what you're talking about. So, um, yeah. So, uh, my, my personal memory with this song is it was somebody's bachelor party. <laughs> And the song playing when we were driving to the oh, strip club to to the bachelor party. You're like to, to the bachelor party. Yeah, so. that makes sense. This, this song's either like something sexy's about to happen or very violent, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that could be both in your case. So, so but yeah, so but yeah. The, the other side note is because you know how screenwriters listen to songs and then they, the musician like. I keep wondering if, like, when they were writing The Lion King, <laughs> when Nala and Simba meets up, like, if they were, like, they wrote to, in the air tonight, and then that's why, uh, you know, Elton John did Love is in the Air Tonight. <laughs> it's I mean, a only in your it's warped a mind would that be your reality. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't mess with this song, Tosh. <laughs> Sorry. Shame on you. Shame on you. Too late. Yeah, I just have to go to that left field. I mean, that's, you know. I mean, we'll just, we'll just delete that part of the podcast. <laughs> okay. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's all good. It's all good. All right. So, uh, yeah, Dietrich, what you got? So, I picked the song that I used to sing a lot when I was a kid. Um, it came out in June of 1987, which was the month before my birthday. I was, you know, going to turn nine uh, at the time, and you know, when, when the song first came out, um, it, it had a country vibe to it, but it, you know, it ran up on the pop charts and the whole nine. And it was one of those songs that everybody just loves singing. And so for me, uh, when you brought up this topic about misunderstood songs, this was like my first introduction to what actual true lyricism was all about. Um, I say that jokingly because I had no idea what the actual undertones of the song was. So me being a little kid, just bust out singing and thinking everything's good. And then the mom comes up and slaps you outside the head and tells you to shut up. I'm like, why? <laughs> I'm just singing the song. Well, come to find out is because, you know, there are actually undertones of the song that, you know, they knew about as parents and I didn't as a kid. So, uh, they didn't even bother explaining it to me. So I didn't get the birds and the bees until a whole lot later. But the song that I'm talking about, Came from a uh, came from a band called. Well, let me just give you the name of the song first. The name of the song first is "Suspicion in the Dark." And for those of y'all who don't know, it is uh, on the album. Or uh, what was the name of the album? The album was named "Hold On." That's what it was. It was anthology. Band. Uh, Nitty gritty dirt band, fishing in the dark. Written by uh, Wendy Waldman and Jim of Photo Photogeo. And they actually put that together in the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band and been out for, for a good little minute. This was the second single released on their album, uh, Hold On. And this was the one that ran up the charts by the beginning of when it came out. It was number one on the charts by end of the year. It, it's still up there at number four. And it's, you know, just one of those songs where you're talking about fishing in the dark and, and how, you know, a lot of catching out there. And, yeah, let's get, uh, do some fishing. Yeah. yeah, let's just do some fishing. And, you know, some lovemaking comes out of that. And what? Two, what? Things, <laughs> two, two loves intertwine, and next thing you know, hey, we're having fun. So, I just yeah. wanted to go fishing, but uh, 
Yeah. Hey, I, I just wanted to go fishing and I just wanted to, you know, some afternoon delight. And for some reason, <laughs> you know, fishing in the dark is one of those songs that I start singing and my parents have slept shit out of me for it. Now, years later, down the line, I know why. I'm like, okay. I was I was singing out of turn. I, I shouldn't have been knowing those lyrics and knowing <laughs> that song. So shame on me. But hey, it is what it is. What do y'all think about uh nerdy uh, sorry? Nitty gritty dirt band fishing in the dark. I think I got the uh, the Ron album name. I was looking at the anthology album. I'm like, it's is it called anthology? No, it's not called anthology. Damn it. Anyway, see, I, I misunderstood the album too. Um, but uh, I like the song. Yeah, no, I think it's pretty good. It was surprising that it was country. That was the first surprising thing that I that I got out of it. So I, I misunderstood. Maybe uh, from the name of it that it was a country song because I don't know this band, but uh, maybe I'll listen to some more of their stuff. You know, I could definitely listen to it and not be mad at it. And I was confused by the song too. <laughs> I would have been, I would have been like singing some singing along in front of kids or something, and then probably you know getting a lot of dirty looks from parents. <laughs> If they knew what the song was about, which we're in Texas, so people probably do. Um, yeah. And it's, it, that's interesting that, uh, you know, like kids don't always know what shit is, <laughs> especially when it's like an adult subject matter. And you find that, like, even in cartoons, sometimes they try to slip it in there. It's like, let kids be kids. Not that this is necessarily a song for kids, but I, I, I'd be right there with you. It confuses all hell. And then getting dirty looks and not knowing why. So, I've heard some songs by the band, but this one I don't think I was too familiar with. So when I listened to it, which may have been my first time, I you know I, I guess as an adult, I heard it. I'm like, well, it's obvious what the song's about, right? <laughs> but I totally get that if you're a kid and you're pretty innocent, you know, you you are going to misinterpret the song. You know, like, I think as kids, we take things too literal, literal. Mm-hmm. And uh, I could totally see young Dietrich not knowing what the song's truly about. But me in my 40s, I mean, it was like right, right from the get go. I'm like, well, yeah, of course. And I'm like, yeah, I think I know. I think I know why Dietrich picked the song, because he <laughs> must have heard it when he was younger. Because if Dietrich's listening to it today and he's like, it just dawned on me what it's about. Like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Is it like a Netflix talk. and chill? It's like a Netflix and chill term. Gonna go fishing. Time to go fishing, baby. Like, so, yeah, but but I, I, the song, you know, on its on its own, uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed listening to it. You know, I've, I've liked a lot of songs that I've heard by them, and uh, this is no exception. So it was good. Cool, cool. So I never heard the song before. Um, and then it was funny because then I went to go get my haircut. And then when I'm checking out, the song's playing again. And you're like, what the heck? Like, I just barely heard the song like two days ago. Now I'm hearing it uh, everywhere. What's going on? You heard this yeah. while you're getting your haircut? That's crazy, dude. Yeah. So, but yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's on a practicality, like, fish sleep at night. I mean, they still keep swimming, but they, they mostly sleep at night, right? Because they can't see the bugs land on the water. That's that's what makes the song, like, super obvious that it's not about fishing in the dark, because fish need to oh, see. Oh, you can fish, but yeah. <laughs> I think you can catfish in it. I don't know. Then you're catfishing, and then that means something else. Right. <laughs> Nobody's really fishing. Yeah. Or maybe that's what they mean, because you're fishing in the dark, but you're catfishing. You're yeah, that makes more I've, sense. Yeah. I've never seen a fish sleep, so I can't, I can't say so far. I've had fish and wake up at three in the morning and the motherfuckers go swimming. So I don't I don't know. Actually <laughs> fishing is terrifying and horrible. And when you're a kid and you gotta catch a fish and then take care of it, it's not yeah, it's not fun. So yeah. Gotcha. But yeah, it, but all in all, it, it's a good song, and I can totally, I can totally get it. Yeah, so it, it, I was trying. I mean, I kind of figured that's what the song was about, but it was funny because then after I, I mentioned it, it was like, oh, I just barely heard the song for the first time. Then the lady started singing the song. You're like, okay, you're probably <laughs> all right. 
Yep, she went fishing in the dark. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. So. Understood, understood. <laughs> well, Tosh, what you got, man? Oh, what, what do I got? Okay. Yeah. You didn't catch a fish, so. No, I, I didn't catch a fish. Uh, so. Tosh got the cooties. <laughs> I got the cooties. So, um. <laughs> On my song, like, I kind of knew what this song was about. I mean, like, it was the, the first layer of the song is, like, super obvious. The second part kind of makes sense, but it's basically one stanza that I didn't realize that it had that. Um, so the band that I picked is Goo Goo Dolls, and the song is a Slide. Um, and so this, uh, the second part of the one stanza in there is that um, it implies that she had an abortion because there's a part where like it, the lyrics is like the priest is upset with you and your father disowns you, <laughs> and, and you're like, okay, <laughs> you're like, uh, that I didn't know was part of the song. So, and, and what's weird is like slide and crash into me by Goo Goo Dolls are kind of the most. <laughs> most graphic songs of the 90s <laughs> you know um but you know crash into me is dave Matthews fan i know it uh, is yeah. oh, okay. but the way he says crash into me you like you know what he's talking about like he <laughs> yeah. yeah he's a dirty yeah. bastard <laughs> yeah he's like this isn't lighthearted kid music or family music yeah. dude hey, hey, d- hey, hey this song kids bop is lighthearted yeah shut hey, your mouth okay hey, d- Hey Damon, hey, stop stop raw dogging me, okay? <laughs> oh man, what? Wow! Oh, wait. Oh, I misunderstood. Oh, wait a minute, okay. that's not what I think it means. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, whoa! No, I think whoa. Taj is confused. It, it's a joke right. if you seem shaking. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Is Taj confused? <laughs> <laughs> Am I confused? Whoa! All I know is Harrison Ford makes it funny. So wow, <laughs> but yeah, uh, but, but that's okay, I mean, on. but that's yeah. kind of what Slide is. Slide is basically a <laughs> talking about that, and you know, when stuff happens, somebody ends up pregnant. So <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Right? Yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> no? <laughs> Did I just lose everybody? Yeah. My connection's bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> <Your connection's laughs> no. Nah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, it's kind of one of those situations like what Brandon was talking about earlier. When you hear the song as a teenager or kid, you know, you, you kind of know exactly where it's coming from. Or no, you don't know where it's coming from. You just kind of like the music and flow into it. When you listen back on it now and you actually pay attention to the lyrics, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it was, it's, you went there. Okay, cool. Well, no, now I know. No one's out the battle. G.I. Joe. So <laughs> that's definitely one of those situations that I had to, had to keep in mind when going back and listening to these songs. It wasn't the fact of, did I understand what was going on then? It's the fact of, do I understand what's going on now? The fact that I can say yes now, I completely understand what's going on. That's you know, that just tends uh, to lean into my actual wherewithal when it comes to society and how we look at music. So, you know, definitely understand where he's coming from with this. Um, definitely understand, you know, slide into things and come up pregnant is what it is. It's like okay, <laughs> right? That's the way of life. Um, <laughs> You know, but that's why, you know, you, hey, I got a motto. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, I'll say my motto without sounding too misogynistic. Um, but it's it's definitely one of those models I stuck true by, and, you know, I'm undefeated in that situation. So that's just me. But outside that, um, what does anybody else think about that? Cause I think it was a pretty damn good song. And, Good choice of innuendo that was inside there. You had to really pay attention to to figure out what it was. Yeah, I guess when I was listening to it for the podcast, you know, again, I've I've heard the song many times because that thing was on the radio a lot. Um, 
and listening to it again for the podcast, uh, you know, I try to pay attention to lyrics, but I couldn't that I like, I just couldn't really focus that much. Um, I just, I like, I get what you're saying, but I just don't like, I don't know. I like, it's just, the song doesn't seem that deep to me. <laughs> so, you know, like it just doesn't like, it's just, you know, it's, it's bubblegum pop music from the late nineties. Um, and, and I guess the, the, maybe the, the, the melody, the sound is misleading. Um, I get what you're saying. And I, you know, I saw some lists and I saw the song was on there and uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess sure. But I, when I listen to the song, I like, I'm still not going to be like, that's deep, man. Like, the song <laughs> oh, is not, no, no. The song is not that deep, like, you know. So um, the song's all right, you know. I, I think I've I've heard it too many times to really have an opinion anymore on whether or not I actually like the song. Um, you know, it's just it's a song that exists and it's always going to be there. So you know, yeah, um, I get it. Again, like I get that there's like a misinterpretation, but really. You know, like it's not that deep. <laughs> right. I, I, I back all that with with um no, it's not that deep, but it just goes to show you how easy it is to slip in shit if nobody's really paying attention to it. <laughs> right. Right. You say, this is yeah. like a bubblegum pop song, and yet they were still talking about fucking in the bubblegum pop song. <laughs> I guess in a way you could say they just kinda slid it in. Yeah. <laughs> kind of slid in there. And uh <laughs> and the song played so many times and went back and forth, back and forth. I wonder how many actual babies came up out of that situation yeah, right. from that song. Like, who, who actually got impregnated by this song? Shame <laughs> on y'all. Yeah, Thanks. well, I don't think anybody got... Oh, well, actually, I know, maybe some You never know, bro. You never know. But, uh, yeah, no, I, th- I think it's a great band. Um, it's, pop music is definitely something I gravitate to. That era... For sure, um, I think that it's great. It's a great album that this comes off of, and uh, yeah, it, is, it can be confusing. Especially the the thing about music that can be really confusing is the tone, the beat, not matching the lyrics. And I don't know if they do it on purpose or you know what the what the real true reason is, but maybe it's something that they're just feeling when they wrote the song. But. Uh, this is kind of like a serious song, I mean, and it doesn't feel serious. It feels like something that you'd listen to on the way to a vacation, you know, in the summer or whatever. But uh, yeah, it definitely has a serious undertone meaning with, uh, you know, not not knowing how to confront your parents when you get pregnant <laughs> and then like being the dude and be like, oh, shit, am I, you know, what am I like 16? Like, am I a man now? What does that mean? You know, there's a lot going on here. <laughs> And then the nineties, you know, it's everything was yeah, kind of progressive. Things things were getting there. But yeah. Good song. I was confused about it too. <laughs> so great pick for this uh for this as well. Thanks, man. So it on so for the left field type of question, it, I'm no I know nobody can answer this, but I wonder how much of the market share this song has to play into the term sliding into DMs. Has, I mean, I assume this song is like 50% the reason why that. <laughs> Seriously? You yes. think a song in the late 90s has any connection to that? Yes, I do. You try way too hard, dude. <laughs> Whoa. That's the first, uh, that's so the first of this... uh, sliding into a DM, I guess. Huh? <laughs> yeah, that's like, where like they got whole, that term like, from. Just a little bit ago about your whole Lion King thing, too. Like, you're trying too hard. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man! <laughs> You're stretching, dude. I'm trying, I'm trying to feel. I'm trying to feel the the time on this episode. Trying to make it. Trying to pad the the minutes. Exactly. Kyle's is that girl on on the on the commercial that's trying to reach for the dollar? And you got the old man with the fishing line pulling back. Oh, you gotta be a little crazy, isn't it? <laughs> Your reach is so bad, bro. Like, if you want to duck a basketball, just jump off a trampoline. Don't try to run up and do it. <laughs> gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. oh, I got you. All right, all right. Well, Brandon, what you got? All right. Well, here's an example of not trying too hard. Um, so, 
So I, I I wanted to try to find something that that you know kind of came out of nowhere, but then at the end of the day, I'm like, well, this is one of the most misunderstood songs of all time. I I can't not pick it for this episode, and the song that I picked was "Born in the USA" by Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Um, you're going to see it on all those lists of, you know, most misunderstood songs and, uh, for good reason. So the song came out in 1984. It was from his album, Born in the USA. Uh, the song itself is about a Vietnam veteran coming back and facing hardships. It's a criticism on American policy and it's a criticism on the economic status of America. Um, it's not a national anthem necessarily. Um, it's not necessarily a patriotic song, but back in the eighties, uh, it was used and still is used today as some kind of flag bearing song. And Ronald Reagan used it and didn't quite understand. Like, he, he, all they, all people ever heard was just a chorus born in the USA. Right. Mm -hmm. And they never really listened to what that song was about. And if you know Bruce Springsteen, you know, he he is he he's political and his songs are political. And it should have been a no brainer that the song isn't necessarily, you know, toting how great America is. Um, And it's still again, it's still misinterpreted today. It's still used today for, you know, the wrong reasons. And uh, as a kid, when I heard the song, I was the same. I was probably in the same boat. I wasn't really. I didn't know what they were talking about. You know, I heard the chorus just like everybody else did. Born in the USA, it's a patriotic song. But as you get older and you listen to it and you know more about Bruce Springsteen and you learn about history, you're like, oh, wait a minute, you know. And this is that song. And again, I think people still today continue to debate what, like, what the song is about. But I mean, it's. I don't know. To me, it's it's pretty obvious. Um, so yeah, this to me, this is this is definitely one of the most misunderstood songs. The song itself, I still think, is a great song. Uh, Bruce Springsteen is an amazing artist. He's the boss for a reason. And um, yeah, so that was my choice. There you go. So it, it, I I liked it a lot for a pick. I, I'm, I've heard the song before. Um, yeah, I can get I can get the misinterpretation on that and i guess i mean i knew when i was listening to the lyrics for this episode like i caught on to the part about vietnam and returning but yeah i can see how if you're not paying attention to the lyrics you you can miss it uh what i thought was interesting was i watched the music video and it i might not i can't say that i've seen Bruce Springsteen sing a lot like so I haven't seen a lot of footage but that particular footage of him singing this song like he is attacking that microphone like he is straight up like he steps away but when he steps up to sing like he (laughs) that is not yeah he's straight up like attacking that microphone in the song it's it's interesting it's interesting to watch so yeah so yeah no no you're good you're good I was just trying to get my thoughts together uh, the one thing that I thought about when I heard the song is why was it misinterpreted so, so like far from where it was actually meant to be? Like, like you said, it, it was literally a political song. It was, you know, a shout for uh, the ones who voice this don't get heard, for the ones who serve in the military, for the ones who come back home, for the ones who have hardships because you taught how to kill somebody. But you're not taught how to come back and reinvent yourself or re-evolve yourself into society. And furthermore, you get looked over and you don't get treated like you should for for the sacrifices that you made. Shout out to all of our military services who who put their lives on the line, who have lost their lives for our freedoms of what we can speak about today. Uh, with that being said, though, I think from back then. You know, especially during Reagan time and, and the whole just say no movement and and everything that happened then, I think it was all about presentation. And when I think back on um just how grossly misunderstood the song was, I think it was mostly about 
how they presented it. There was there was a there was a message that was presented behind the message, so to speak. So like when he performed the song, Todd touched on it himself. He he killed that damn song every time he performed it, and people just got riled up for the fact that he's sitting up here giving it his all, playing the guitar, going at it. They don't. They just bypass what he's talking about. And if I remember correctly, and y'all can definitely step on me if I'm wrong. I have no problem with that. I don't think he really pushed that narrative in interviews or anything else with that in order to say this should be a, a eye-opening song for the situation, not just a catchy song for you to go around and sing to. So I think he kind of played into the fact of by singing the song and doing Super Bowl performances or whatever, whatever other performances he did with it, that kind of played into the fact of this was just a wholehearted song about the great state, great United States of America versus, hey, we got a real problem here and how we're treating our troops when they come back. We need to do something about it. You know what I'm saying? Um, other songs since then. Um, he's really, really gone into that that mode of, of of trying to help out the man that needs to be helped out, trying to try to pick people up off of their feet or off of their seats and, and try to help them out. And those those stories don't get as lost. They don't get as drowned out or, or convoluted as this one does. So I think it was a little bit of the narrative. Yeah, Reagan put it out there, but I don't think he did anything to backtrack it either. Mm-hmm. As to how we kind of played into it. That makes sense. I mean, again, if I'm wrong, tell me, tell me, let me know about the situation. But that's just how I'm thinking about how it played out back in the 80s. Everything was about advertising, promotions, marketing. And from that point on, if it was literally supposed to be a slap in the face to America, it was never presented that way. Well, I think that Bruce Springsteen, I mean, I can't speak for him, but. I would probably say, you know, you can he you can interpret the song however you want, and he probably knows the true meaning behind what the song's about. But I also know that from what I remember, he has been known to put like cease and desist letters out there when they're using his songs when he doesn't want them to, or they're using right. them for the wrong reasons. Right. So you know, I, I and as far as like I, what I know a little bit like as far as you know, yes, it's like a criticism. I, but I also think the song is about like, it's okay to be pre- like, I think he, I, I don't know. But I, I, from what I've read, some people say that the song is also meant to be like, it's proud to be an American, but it's also patriotic to be critical too. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I mean, when I, when I first heard the song, I was, I was always thinking that it was about like patriotism and, um, you know, the good old American hot dog at a baseball game, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. And that's kind of how, like, it, in one way it was presented by people that didn't really understand lyrics and meanings. Um, and it definitely got the, the whole part about the, uh, the military and stuff like that, too. I was, when I was younger, I was, like, always questioning everything. I always questioned why is it a good country? Why, you know, why should we want to live here? What happened before I was alive? You know, like, how do we get here? Why, why is it so great? Like, and those are always questions I have now too. I want, I want it to be great. And I do like love my country, but there's things I don't love about it too. <laughs> there's people I don't care for, you know, stuff like that. I mean, that's just, that's just going to happen. But, uh, yeah, with this with this this song by you know Bruce Springsteen, he's and he he has a lot of great music, and his lyrics mean they mean something. You know, he's he's a thoughtful artist, and you know he's he's definitely a legend, uh, no doubt about it. Um, love his music. Yeah, I think that this song was probably widely misunderstood by people because they don't listen to lyrics. <laughs> They don't, and they don't, or they just don't care to, I guess. It's a good, it's a feel good uh, song, but it's also the meaning isn't feel good <laughs> if you really look into it. And that's, you know, that's just, that's just the music industry. It's not always going to be what, what the, the masses want. Uh, you take a risk, you know, and I think Bruce Springsteen takes a risk all the time with his music. Uh, he just, you know, he gets lucky too because people misunderstand it. <laughs> 
So if they don't, not a, you know, if everybody thought it was one thing, you know, he probably maybe wouldn't have done as well with this with this hit here. And the whole album was a hit that this was on, by the way. Uh, but yeah, great song. Um, music is misunderstood, and it's good and bad. But you know, it is what it is. Okay. But, yeah. Nice pick, Brandon. Like it. Yeah, real good one. And when I think of Americana, like literally only two names come to mind. Bruce Springsteen and John Cougar Millington. Off top. Yeah. You know, you, oh, yeah. you can say anything else, anybody else. Pink you know, House. My, my close third, you know, would be probably Willie. And then right after that, you know, I'm going into Tom Petty and then we can go on from there. But but when you think of Americana and you think of, you know, this is what we're all about. Springsteen's at the top of the list. That song is at the top of the list. And the fact that it took up until now to realize, you know, what he was really trying to say in that song just goes to speak of, you know, how much how much we love America, but why do we really love America? And I don't know if we really just want to get that deep into the situation, but it, it would be a good topic for another top right. um, to bring up about America. So, yeah, definitely. For sure. Okay. So, is there anything else you guys said? No? Okay. Well, let's go ahead and uh, pick up the needle and flip the record onto side B and drop that needle. Um, Damon, you had some homework for us, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Uh, so, um, yeah, jumping right into this, uh, second side of the, the record side B, um, there's a band that I, I like cause I heard their music from a lot of my friends when I was, uh, when I first moved to Austin and I worked, um, with a lot of people that were in bands. Um, and then, you know, that was like their night their night job or their night gig was their band. And that's what they really wanted to do. And during the day they did their, you know, whatever. Um, and I, so I got, I got turned on to a lot of different music that I'd never heard of and stuff that I, I thought was really cool and weird. Um, takes a little bit of you know, listening to a few times and then like, just kind of like maybe, maybe actually listening to the lyrics, <laughs> you know, and uh, getting, getting a feel for it. And then you start, I start, you know, getting getting more acquainted and liking the music. Um, this is one of those bands. And I think I like their, uh, their project stuff after this band, maybe even a little bit more. Um, but that's, that's good too. And, you know, they, this is a, this is a band, um, from El Paso. <laughs> so they're not from out of the country. They're not, uh, you know, British or anything like that. Canadian, um, keeping it close to home here, my, my home in Texas. <laughs> so, um, at the drive-in is the band and um, they later formed another band called low Mars Volta and then split off uh, one of the other uh, founders split off and founded Sparta. So I don't know if, you know, as a listener, you know, if you haven't heard these bands, check them out. They're all really good. They all derived from, I believe this is kind of like at the drive-in was like the beginning point for a lot of these artists that are in this band. This band is comprised of more than 10 people, big background, instrumental, uh, lots of noise. Um, this is like post hardcore and I don't even know what the hell that means. There's so many different meanings for in titles for types of music. Um, but punk rock is kind of like, I would, I would say punk rock with, the uh, yeah, a little bit of like that post hardcore, I guess. That's a good way to like describe it. That's how they're described, though. Um, and you can describe them however you want. <laughs> they they have a weird sound, but it's a really unique, unusual, like works really well for some reason. Chaos sounding instrumentals with really thoughtful lyrics. And somehow that really works if you have a good vocalist frontman. Um, and Cedric uh, Zavala, he's he's the frontman vocalist for this this band, and I think that he's got like awesome fucking voice. <laughs> he, he carries it over to Mars Volta, a Mars Volta, and it's like 
you know, we'll, we'll talk about their stuff later, but, um, I, I just couldn't get enough of this album, the album's via and, uh, very unusual, but like really cool. Um, I mean, I, I, I guess I would say my favorite track because it has a little bit of a story, which is kind of crazy and weird. Uh, the drummer's, uh, was named Tony. There's a song called 198D. This is forgiven if the uniform fits postponed at the first. And this is about his uh, grandmother being buried in the mass grave in Lebanon. That's pretty intense shit. Uh, you don't really get that out of all the, the sounds. Kind of do. Like, I think they're, emo- they're emotionally driven. So that's one thing I really liked about this band. And this 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 just takes an artful ear, I think. Um, anybody can have that. So I like poppy music. I don't always gravitate right to something like this, or I wouldn't have when I first heard it. So it took one of my friends that you know was listening to other music to introduce me to this style, and uh, I bet you they're great live. Um, one day I'll see them live. <laughs> And, uh, you know, the different artists and their different uh, endeavors that they're doing right now. So, um, but, uh, yeah, this, this, this is, uh, yeah, this is a great one. I'm really interested to hear what y'all think. If you hate it or like it, it doesn't matter because I liked it. But uh, um, hopefully I introduce you to something new. If not, you know, somebody listening out there, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is good stuff, man. So what what do y'all think about this album? How to make you feel <laughs> pissed that you had to listen to it or <laughs> it was kind of short, so saved you there. <laughs> but uh yeah. Your turn, guys. Oh, okay. Um so I it yeah, it was interesting. Um it t- it took me a little bit to get into. I'm not sure that I fully got into it. Um, I couldn't. Um, so I like lyrics. Don't get me wrong, but like it, it, I'll admit that like half the time I have to read the lyrics while I'm listening to it to to understand it. Um, and Spotify for some reason didn't have lyrics for some of the songs, so I wasn't able able to do that. Um, I here's the thing like there there's there's two kinds of way to deconstruct music there you can add additional sounds that you don't expect while you're trying to deconstruct it or you can take away notes and use the silence to deconstruct it and this was kind of the the, the first where they're adding unusual sounds or, or tones and they're trying to deconstruct the music I can get the artistry behind it, but there wasn't times that wasn't quite my jam. Um, and so, and that's mainly because I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm more for like, give me a straight up song. I'm not for the mad scientist experiments on songs in the sense, in some cases, you know? Uh, and so, so that's where this was a, a little bit uh, different for me. Um, if I had to pick one, I think I'd probably do the 300 megahertz. Um, but again, like it, lyrically, I, 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 I'm sorry to say I'm hard pressed to understand some of the lyrics on, on the on the songs. But yeah, but but I, you know the tones and the melody. You know, I, I could get behind. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I kind of thought. So, like, you liked Frightened Rabbit. I know that was like right, yeah. sort of an experimental kind of like sound. Um, and I know I give you a hard time about the artist's voice, but right. I, I, you know, they were good. They definitely were a, band, you know, a good band as far as like bringing their bringing lyrics and and sound together to, to as a project. Right. Like they're a project band. You know, that's how I look at them. But they were. They were almost like not the same. I wouldn't put them in the same like genre, but um, that's that's a style that not everybody could pick up either. So I could see where not everybody's going to like 
at the drive-in. And it took me a second to get used to it too. um, Right. To really understand it. I think it's like almost like a, like a, like a feel you have to kind of like be at a lot of live shows that might have the sound and kind of like be around this like vibe. There's like people that, you know, listen to this music They They have a lifestyle. It's not my lifestyle, you know, or it's not your lifestyle. They're, they're into it for different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I need about three white claws and then I would have gotten this. Well, I'm about two in now, Damn. so I'm feeling pretty good. Wait, did this dude say White Claw? <laughs> Bro. I'm drinking White Claw. What, what does that mean? Bro. Uh, you, no, but you're drinking it to chill. It's a chill drink for you. You're drinking it needing to get buzzed off of White Claws. They got like, what, 5% alcohol level? Dude. He's the... Switch over to Happy Dad. God damn. <laughs> So you won't like this music unless you're drinking White Claw. Okay. <laughs> so, listeners, make sure you got a White Claw before you listen to At the Drive-In. That's the news. Apparently, that goes this is down. White Claw music. <laughs> Luckily, there was no White Claw when they started. So, 99 was uh, oh, before White Claw started. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Zima? Uh, yeah, it probably uh, was Zima. Yeah, this is more like Lone Star. Zima. This is Lone Star music. You're gonna be drinking a fucking Lone Star at a live show with this shit. I was thinking of two eleven, but not that uh, two twelve or whatever it's called. But yeah, that's yeah. Okay, I see it. I see it now. Um, yeah. Let me go ahead and chime in. Um, so. Yes, this is this is an acquired taste, but I do hear the the musicality in there. I do hear the instrumentation. I do hear, you know, what they're what they're talking about. This is like if Rage Against the Machine just went totally off the walls and did not want people to understand them. That's that's where I'm getting from this situation. And it's like it's I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this because this is the sound that I like. And if you so happen to like it, cool. And if you don't, fuck off. That's what I'm getting from this band. And I that's what I got from this vibe. And I did listen to a couple of other albums after the fact, just to make sure that I was on the same page. And I could tell how the musically how the music just progressively got different over the style. But but really and truly it was all about their invitation at that point. Now it's now it's a little more structured in the situation. But this this particular album. Yeah, this was a slap in the face to all those who, who like traditional sound of music. This was, I'm, I don't care the fact that, you know, you want me to do this four, four time and you want me to, to do these regular lyrics and this regular hook and this regular situation. I'm going to do what the fuck I want. And I totally got that vibe coming off of this particular album. Um, for me, the song that I had to listen to a couple of times in order to get into it was Ursa Minor. And that was the one that was like, okay, this this kind of gives me the definition of the band. In a nutshell, if I had to pick out one song like that, this would be the one that I would pick. That, you know, it's, it's like halfway hardcore, halfway progressive, halfway slap you in your face and then turn around and give you a band-aid afterwards in case I cut you. But, you know, if I cut you, just know that if you try to sue me, I don't give a fuck because I don't have nothing but my my little bicycle and my, my, my six pack of beer, you can't get anything out of me. So I won regardless of the situation. That's what I'm getting from this. If I had to put an analogy on it. So, um, yeah, man, it, it's definitely one of those. And like you said, Damon, I bet their live show is fucking awesome. It has to be for you to have this many twists and turns and, and upside down flips, you got to go on a roller coaster. You got to take me there visually because if you're just standing yeah. there while all this is going on, I'm going to throw my bottle at you. I'm just telling you that right now. So There's too much going on. Just sit still and chill. So I think, yeah, like these guys did tour with Rage Against the Machine back in the day. So that, that's that, that's like the genre, the style. Um, I definitely would have been like having the best time of my fucking life at a show with these guys. 
I just didn't know who they were until after the fact. And I really got turned down on the Mars Volta and I like Sparta. And, you know, it's just like all this stuff that's happening in this album is experimental, kind of like a new sound that is carried into these other bands that they're in and bands past that. And I think that, you know, there's, there's a huge following, you know, but uh, like some people they talk to, like, oh, you don't know who the, at the drive is what? And then other people are like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And then like, you know, like all of our responses so far <laughs> are probably pretty typical, you know, this, this style of sound, but um, yeah, it's chaos that comes together. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I would describe it. It's all chaos. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, so I, I like avant-garde sounds. I like abstract sounds, you know, the stranger, the better. Um, this album for me, I don't like at all. Um, I, I normally can listen to albums for this podcast. I'll, I'll usually give them at least two listens. I, I could barely get through this. Um, I'm very happy it was like 24 minutes long, 25 minutes long. I wanted to like it. (laughs) Pretty sure. I want, I really wanted to, but. Yeah, You know, I felt like I felt my age when I was listening to it, like the whole time I kept thinking to myself, like, this is just noise and <laughs> and and it's just really loud and I want you to turn it down. Um, so. So, yeah, man, I like I, said, right. I, I wanted to enjoy it. I, I can see why you might like it, but it just I don't know. It, it was not for me. Um, yeah, I, 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 I tried, I, I thought I'd listen to it again and thought maybe my initial reaction was, was, uh, um, misrepresented. Maybe I, I, I would like it more the second time. And I tried to listen to a couple of songs to pick a favorite track. And I'm like, nope, nope. I'm, I can't do this again. So yeah, this is just yeah. not, this is not one I like. I, I don't like it, man. Um, I, I'm I expected not, that a little bit. That's that's I, and that's that's good that I'm getting this feedback. You know, I'm not I'm not a fan, but you know, there's a lot of music out there that I like that people hate, and vice versa. Right. So to each their own. Um, and honestly, like I almost thought, like I don't even want to pick a favorite track um, because I I just I I didn't like it. Like I I didn't I didn't even know what they were saying. <laughs> I didn't know what the I didn't know what the point was. Um, well, it goes pretty well with the theme of my uh, episode. No, it totally does because immediately <laughs> from the beginning, I'm like, "Oh, I see why that was the theme." Because I don't know what the heck they're saying, <laughs> um, you know. Right. So it was kind of coinciding with that, but yeah, this is a misunderstood I, like genre. If yeah, you can look at just, it that way, it's 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 just not it's not for me. I can't get behind it, but um, I'm glad you like it. Uh, <laughs> I like your track. Uh, definitely, I'm glad that you didn't. I'm kind of like glad you didn't like it because that would be nor it wouldn't be out of the norm for you to like something like this, but it wouldn't be. It's not bad that you don't like it. Yeah, and it's not something for everybody. But for me, I even said like when I first heard it, I was like I don't even know why. Why are you making me listen to this shit? <laughs> and then I kind of got. Like I've gone to so many live shows in Austin and other places too, but I've got pulled into the Austin, Texas scene. This is, I mean, it's not so much now. Now it's like a big fucking shit show here, but uh, like 20 something years later, after I moved here, you know, this city has grown and changed and the, the, the music scene, it was like, it was like this like smaller city, um, I, you know, I can see these guys coming out of El Paso. They feel like it, you know, it feels, I feel the music. I can feel the live show. I can smell it. I can smell the smoke and like the, the beer and just the, I can feel the energy. And that's, that's what I get out of this. Um, lyrics are pretty good. I like the story, the background. If you, know? if, you if you can understand the lyrics. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the same. The same. It kind of flows like you're saying. Like if you can understand, it, like he kind of like he's a little more clear in Lamar's Volta, but not necessarily. <laughs> but like that has a different sound. Um, 
I definitely wanted I want to talk about one of their albums later, but that you know that's not going to be for a while. But Ugh. yeah, um, if I and as far as track, I would I would go with the one that you picked, Damon. That would be the one that I remember liking yeah. the most, I guess. So it does have a different sound than the rest of the album. It, it is, yeah, it's sort of a somber ending to the to the short album and really at the driving short-lived career because this was a project album um sparta and lamar both are very much so bigger bands not everybody knows at the drive-in but a lot of more people than i thought know at the drive-in yeah. uh, and that's like it goes it goes along with the misunderstood songs this is a no, misunderstood it's- band <laughs> I don't know about that, but okay. <laughs> well, what I mean by that is it's, um, I wouldn't say, I think it's misunderstood as a misunderstood genre, really. And, you know, if you're, some people might even follow a band like this because they want to be misunderstood. And that's not why I would listen to music. They, that's they like, def- that could be a draw. You know what I mean? I would definitely say that this is a kind of album, the kind of band where if like if I was to say to someone that I don't like it, they would immediately go, you just don't get it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's like I'm not I'm not this is Nick Cave because I think Nick Cave's awesome. Uh, Ooh, but like Nick Cave go. fans <laughs> could have the same draw. And they could they could get the same feedback too, and, and like that. Could no, be, like, no, Nick, Nick, that Cave, Nick Cave is is an amazing <laughs> artist. So, right, um, he's like, point point. He's an amazing artist. <laughs> no, I'm not going to tell, tell you. You just don't get it. I'm just going to say you're wrong, and he's an amazing artist. But I mean, like even like Frank Zappa. It. Frank Zappa is not for everybody, and I totally understand it. There's some Frank Zappa. If you listen to like Mothers of Invention. You would be like, what the hell am I listening to? Right. And, exactly. and that's right. totally cool. That's totally fine. You know, find, find your, find your group and, uh, and, and like what you like. Well said, man. Well said. This sounds like that South Park episode where the emo cues are going against the vampire cues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Emo vampire. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, well, anything else we want to say? Any any final thoughts before we we move on? No, I think we're good, man. Okay. All right. So before we go, Taj. (laughs) Yes. You have an album that we need to listen to for the next episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot. I have an album you guys need to Wow, you said I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. Hey, you know, the you know, stuff happens. Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, on the other side of the spectrum, <laughs> uh, I, yes. the album is um, by Cindy Lauper, and she's so what? unusual. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, I had this album in cassette and CD, so I, I listened to this album a lot when I was a kid. It's so. going to be one of them episodes. <laughs> it's going to be one of them episodes. It's Cindy Lauper. Like, how can you... It's not, it's not exactly a Katy Perry episode. Or, yeah, it's not exactly Aretha Franklin who's zooming who, but yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> All right, so everybody make sure... Oh, what? Yeah. I hope you represent Cindy Lauper well. She <laughs> <laughs> deserves it, Todd. I hear you. Right. I hear you. All right. So that's going to be next week's episode. Uh, so make sure you listen to it. And um, Taj? Yeah. Why don't, why don't you go ahead and uh, say what you want to say here? Sure thing. Uh, well, we've been Choice Tracks. Uh, you can find us on our website of choicetracks.com. We end with a Z or email us at choicetracks at gmail.com. Again, we also end with a Z. Uh, we have matching playlists on both Spotify and Pandora. Uh, please subscribe and listen to all past and future episodes. Let's go and sign out. I've been Taj. I'm Brandon. I'm Damon. And I'm just here. I'm Dietrich. Um, 
I don't even have nothing smart to say about this point because it'd probably be misunderstood. <laughs> but at this point, uh, we're gonna pick up the needle, but y'all keep spinning those push shots. And hopefully you understand what it means by pushing in the dark so you don't have to have your kids going around singing in the dark. Alright. Is that fine to go fishing? Can we just go fishing? What is it? Okay. Let's go fishing. Yeah. <laughs>